0: Craft Beer Radio, episode 397, on October 9th, 2016.
1: And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, as we prepare for the uh sunday debate we're going to do a quick this is uh,
0: going to be an interesting format we're actually going to power through a show here so we can get to the debate we're going to do like a live stream well not live Live to you but live to us commentary on the on the debate that seems like that'll be a fun bunch of nonsense that'll be on the extras feed so anyway
1: why don't we start with well we'll start with the sam adams i guess okay sure okay so I'm going to have to look at these. We haven't even prepared anything, so I have to look these up as we're doing the yes, show.
0: even less prepared yeah. than normal, if you can believe. What's the name of it? Go to goes or Got to goes? Got
1: to go. Got to Z- Goza.
0: Got to Goza, right. This was,
1: uh, I assume, yeah. uh, Sam might have sent this to us.
0: Yes, they did. All right. All right. Well, he's looking that up. I'll look at the neck label here. Uh, goes is pronounced Goza. It is a unique German-style beer known for its slight tartness and mineral character. So, the malt varieties are St. Adam's Two Rope, Pale
1: Malt, Wheat, and acidulated Malt, and they use uh, Zotz Hops. And Coriander. Special ingredients, Coriander, Kosher Salt, and Cucumber. Cucumber, cucumber. as well. Cucumber. 4.8% alcohol by volume. Cucumber got, didn't make the even. cut on the neck label. Hmm. Now that I, I know to look for it,
0: I can smell it. Right. I've had some really good cucumber beers. Oh, I'm me not, too. They're yeah. not wild, widely available. Mm-hmm. Well, when you find a well-done cucumber beer, it's a pretty good ingredient to put into beer, especially when it brings that fresh essence, kind of like a sweeter, like refined or distilled cucumber.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because some people think that cucumber doesn't taste like anything. It does have a taste. It's it's kind of a sweet and um, almost kind of watermelony taste. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I think it's in the same family. Right. But... Um, but it definitely, it, it really goes well in some beers that I've had. So,
0: it's a shame that we're in a hurry because it is GIBF weekend and the awards were put out. I so did see that. Uh, I have a couple comments and we'll get to those. But yeah. I don't want you know, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time. But I have two or three brief okay. insights. Yeah, actually, knowing that there's a cucumber in there, that's kind of the first thing I'm mm-hmm. smelling. But then, as I take a deeper breath, I do smell um, kind of. The, the tangy, yogurt-y thing from like the lacto and the kettle souring that goes as used. And then the coriander comes in as a third little nuance of, of aroma.
1: On their description, they say, for a light-hearted twist, we added a hint of cucumber. <laughs>
0: light-hearted twist. Oh, it's big in the flavor. The cucumber really dominates the beginning of the flavor. It oh, Actually, I'd say it dominates even over the sourness in the beer.
1: What's interesting is I'm coming up with more of a Cracked wheat sense than a typical than more typical goza. That I think the cucumber, if that is a cucumber, that's twisting the the flavor in that way. It actually feels more um, cereal-like to me in terms of uh, the the flavors that I'm getting from from the goza as opposed to a traditional goza, which tends to be a little bit more somewhat lemony, but also more yogurty. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. So um, the 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 cucumber does take it kind of a uh, I guess melony would be a good way mm-hmm. to put it, even though it, it's not really cantaloupe or anything like that. But I would say it gives it this melony kind of angle on the goza, and it does mitigate most of the apparent sourness and tanginess. So it would be if you know if you're worried about a beer being too tart or you know cheek, too tart or, or, or cheek ripping, you know this one kind of tempers that a lot with the. Uh,
1: it's not very, really, very sour at all. In fact, no. you'd be hard pressed to you could probably call it a little bit sour, but not much, at least compared to most gozes that we've had. Mm -hmm. Um, The salt really accents the cucumber more than anything else, but it really does. It doesn't feel like this has much kettle souring.
0: going. Yeah. I I would say that the carbonation gives it more tangy sourness Mm -hmm. than the lacto kettle souring does. Like the, the lacto sourness is lesser than the carbonation souring. This is interesting. The, the, the thing is the
1: the coriander and the cucumber aren't playing as well as I would have hoped. I th- they're kind of reinforcing each other and mm-hmm. it getting a little bit stronger as I take more sips. So I feel almost like where some have give you a bitter thing lingering. I feel a, a cucumber coriander linger. Yeah, I'm, the, the coriander
0: husks are kind right. of like building on your tongue, mm-hmm. getting a little bit woody, getting a little bit bitter.
1: I wonder whether just the cucumber would have been enough though and without the cucumber, without the coriander maybe it wouldn't have mm-hmm. built like this. I like the first couple of sips. I'm starting to have well, I don't know about second thoughts, I'm starting to be like a little less enthused about the beer All as right. I drink
0: more of it. So we can let this beer warm for a second okay. here. And let me pull up my notes for I done this before. I cut cut you off, I apologize. <clears throat>
1: Where are my tweets? <laughs> Where are your tweets? I did see the thing about fatheads uh and Carl Strauss
0: right so uh GABF made a mistake Yes um well, actually, they just didn't have all their Carl Strauss entered as medium sized brew pub of the year, and they did very well and they won that category. Fatheads entered as medium sized brewery of the year and they did very well and they won that category. Mm-hmm. And then, upon further review of Carl Strauss, they didn't qualify for Brew Pub of the Year, so they got moved over to Brewery of the Year, and they did slightly better than Fatheads. So Fatheads had their award taken away because Karl's Stra- mm-hmm. uh, you know if, it was, if Karl Strauss didn't make the clerical error, then Fatheads would have never won. Right, right. So you know, instead of penalizing Carl Strauss for entering in the wrong category. Where if they entered a beer in the wrong category, they would have been penalized yeah. you know, outright. They kind of got a uh, reprieve.
1: Well, because it's not—I mean, because it's based on scores for right. brewery. I mean, it's, it's a different situation. I would give Fatheads like a special award, like almost for a beer.
0: <laughs> you could argue that Karl Strauss was ordered to, you know, to be disqualified for entering the wrong category too. I mean, I mean you, you could look at it either way. You
1: could. Uh... And you'd have a point. I think you could also argue that they could be co-winners.
0: Yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, if they would have caught the error before the announcement, then it would have never been right. a story or right. anything. Was I remember what happened to the Miss, Uni- the Miss Universe. Or uh, Steve Harvey. Yeah. yeah. Dave, you know, Dave Vodrick. He commented to my tweet saying, it was Steve Harvey in charge? Mm-hmm. So he was on that one. Uh, I ran through all the medal winners and kind of set up a spreadsheet on beers I've had, beers, um, I've had beers from that brewery was the second column. The third column was beers that I, you know, not, not had from the brewery, but I'm familiar with the brewery. And the fourth column was like breweries I've never heard of or breweries I'm not sure I've heard of, you know, I'm not familiar with. And 51.2% of medal winners are breweries that I'm not sure I've heard of or never heard of. And I thought I knew stuff about beer, right? I mean, that kind of... To me, that's fascinating because it shows, like, how many breweries there are. How new, brand new breweries that don't really have a reputation yet are winning lots of medals. You know, Mm. they're making good beer. You know, that I think that's the story in my little pie chart that I put up on Twitter. And then less than 10% are uh, of medal winners I've had. And that that seems about right. Uh, Yeah. I, I would like to be a little bit of a humble brag and have a little bit more, but...
1: Oh, it would, just, it would just be a brag, I think. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: sure. Humble brag saying it's a humble brag when it's a real brag. Yeah,
1: I, I think that uh, another thing you have to consider is with so many breweries, there are so many more entries in each uh, contest, and therefore, and and no one, like in IPA, there's no one who drinks all 400, right? They mm-hmm. One person narrows down their short sure. lane, another lane, another lane. there's tables. So the yeah. table
0: narrows it down, and then the winners move on type right. thing. Um and each brewery can only enter so many i don't know what the number was this year i didn't see the in any of the stories i read i didn't see any of the information on how many brewers they could enter beers they could enter but it, it might only be like killing enter four beers well fatheads won four medals mm-hmm. that's pretty darn good if the number was four might have been five might have been six i don't know but you know it, it's a small number it's well less than 10 yeah and yeah. um so you really got to pick and choose the categories. You got to, it's a, it's, a, it's a chess game, right? Like, how many entries are there going to be? How good are we compared to I think it seems to be the one
1: that, if you're a small brewery, that's the one you want to be in because, it, 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 weirdly, you get the most luck
0: because you get, you... you well, it's kind of like winning the lottery. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's something that if you don't... I guess you're right because, like, um, Whitbeer was Allagash White. Mm-hmm. You know, like, name an American Whitbeer. Alagash White, right? Umagang won for the triple. Right? right? You know, so in those styles, like these old the beers that were being made before we started the show right. are winning gold medals in these categories that, you know, they're just making classic examples of the style. And then yeah, I guess you're right. In IPA, there's a bit of a roll of the dice. If you got something that's super on on you know, on, on fleek, topic as they say. on fleek, right? <laughs> and it just hits the thing, right? You might nail yeah. it. Um, one last thing I want to say about the GABF was that there was a new category this year called pumpkin beer and it's not spice, but I don't have the guidelines in front of me, but it's like just pumpkin. They did not award a gold or a silver surprise. They only were awarded a bronze because not because the beers were bad, but they were probably pumpkin spice beers. Um. I think there was only 10 entries in the category actually. So I'm wondering like, remember when, um, Peter Buchart talked about how Remember Peter he, in conversation, we've talked about this before, about how people start making the beers and then the styles yeah. get formed around the beer. This almost sounds to me like someone said, you know, we should have a plain pumpkin beer category. And then people are like, what the hell are we going to put in that category? Like, what should I enter? I don't make a plain pumpkin beer. Ten people do. And only one of them entered something good enough to be an honorable mention. You know, so I'm wondering if it's like a failed category. Maybe. We'll see if it's still on the. Or, you know, it might be a way to snipe a medal next year. You know, that's a
1: good point. It depends if the cake hat ever stays. Anyway, back to the Got to Goza mm-hmm. from Sam Adams. Um, I, I was very enthused when I first had a sip, and now I'm less enthused, but it's okay. But I think uh, looking forward to it.
0: Actually, this. after taking a break from it and drinking it, the cucumber gets refreshed. Mm-hmm. You know, so the pace of drinking that we do on the show, mm-hmm. I think the coriander builds, if you drink it at a little more relaxed pace, I think you'll you'll keep the. Cucumber flavor in the forefront And that's a good flavor, I like that a lot Good note Okay, moving
1: on Uh, well let's go Right into uh, You pick.
0: Let's go right to Deschutes Alright So, uh, this is one of the beers Nick brought to Game Night Okay This is the Pine Drops IPA
1: Pine Drops IPA Crisp and piney, they say. Uh, malts are Pilsner, Pale, Munich, Crystal, and Carapils. Hops are Nugget, Northern Brewer, Chinook, Centennial, and Equinox. So we're in phase two territory. 6.5% by volume, 70 IBU. Interesting.
0: Roma and this puppy. Maybe the name's reading into me, but I mean, it's certainly piney. But I'm getting this lemony thing, like lemon drop, too, in there. As well, so it's kind of, kind of a, and it's not, it's not citrus to me. It's kind of like lemon drop candies. Getting that, something that could very, be adjustability,
1: piney, and a little towards Dorty but not an oniony doord. Because there's no Simcoe in
0: here. There's mm-hmm. no amarillo. There is nugget. Yeah, I mean, there's something that's resiny. I'm not really getting anything that's too biological. Yes, yeah, it's just very richer, yeah. But I am getting that kind of lemon candy nose on it as well.
1: It smells like a lot of Chinook. The color is a um, hazy uh, straw.
0: Pretty bitter right up front. Not a ton of malt to balance it out. I mean, it's hoppy. It lays in the tongue heavy.
1: Let me uh, this up a bit because I think it... The malt. There's a lot of malts used. Oh, okay. So I have a feeling that the malts might come through. Right. if we All right. Wrapping on. the
0: hands around the glass.
1: We have 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Against the clock. All right. Deschutes. Uh, they've been in the market for about two years in, in Pittsburgh, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, pro- year maybe closer year. to three. I would okay. I would say two. I would say between two and three. They're a regular fixture at this point. Yeah. Get some, you know, it's not like we're just seeing Pont here. We're seeing, you know, they're, like many breweries, they're doing lots of variety these days. And most of them are getting to Pittsburgh. When I know when they first came to market and I interviewed Eric, um, did a really great podcast at Caliente with him. Uh, you know, it was going to be kind of a limited rollout at first. So it's glad to see that we see a wide selection of them.
1: Still, still not getting much in the malt. Still more, more hoppy than anything mm-hmm. else. Still very forward, hoppy, uh, very piney, not oniony. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have, doesn't go in that direction.
0: But, I mean, that's the thing is I think it's pretty notable about this is how piney and resiny it mm-hmm. is, but then it's not dry. The first sip I said, how bitter it appeared. I think now that's warmed up, the malt's kind of balancing it out a little bit. But so now we have this like ultra pine. It's got a little bit of that lemon candy in there. But yeah, it's not onion y. It's not extra resiny. Mm-hmm. It's not, um, yeah, like looking like a wood plank or something like that.
1: <coughs> so I haven't had, I mean, I know we've had experience with Equinox, but I don't have enough to place it really.
0: Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm trying to think. I mean it's kind of it's kind of a phase three. You know, I think of it along the lines of Galaxy, but it's it's I definitely think it I think of it as more piney than the tropical mm-hmm. passion fruit type stuff.
1: Yeah, there's really none of that in here. There's mm-hmm. no there's maybe like grapefruit rind, which is probably comes from the Centennial. Um
0: but yeah, there's nothing really getting into the
1: pineapple. Or
0: so I keep mango. mentioning these like sweet lemon drops. Are you getting anything like that, or am I just all in my head? No, I'm not getting anything
1: like. Well, when I really thought about it, I could see where it comes from. I wouldn't say that it's like top in my
0: mind. Or like if a lemon lozenge or something like that, you know, kind of that flavor. So the kind of so there's the the lemon. And there's also the, like the eucalyptus. Also, I mean that might be part, too. like a minor thing. Yeah. Um, well, that's where because I, I don't. It's think... definitely at the very front of the taste yeah. when all the malt's still in your mouth as well. I, I I taste components of that, but I don't taste
1: like the full lemon. Okay. Part of it, I taste the other components, but not the lemon flavor. True. Sure. So. All right, well, that was interesting. Okay, Okay. let's hand
0: off to the next beer. Probably put this guy off for another day. Unless you can get through three more. Well, though, these are the three. This is... Oh, right. <laughs> That's what I mean. I was... I guess we have time. Yeah, yeah. we're good. Let's do the Sweetwater. Okay, another good... Gr- There's Stillwater? Stillwater. Stillwater. This is one that Shane dropped off when he came up.
1: Stillwater... What's the name of it again?
0: Goza Gone Wild.
1: That's not the name, right? That's, that's the Um
0: Yeah, that's House, the name. Okay. It's from Sweet still Stillwater Artisanal. Too many different kinds of water. <laughs> Get sweet water, still water. That there's was the a other naked, There's a
1: naked lady on this.
0: That was the other thing Just with looking through of the names of the winners. Like it seems like one new trend is just naming the brewery after the street that you're on. There's like three different breweries mm-hmm. who, one, were like Jacob Street Brewing or something like that.
1: This is interesting because they say on here they, they took Westbrook's Refreshing Goza and cranked up the volume a bit, adding a massive okay. dose of Citra and Amarillo, then fermented it with various strains of
0: Berenices. Go Westbrook, it's your birthday, get funkies. This is a. Is Stillwater like a. a blending company or a gypsy brewer or something like that. i don't
1: know oh this is part of their remix project i guess
0: oh actually that makes sense i mean look at the label it kind of it takes a lot of elements from the westbrook label it does interesting well westbrook was one of the first gozas we had and it definitely made an impression Mm -hmm. we'd have to have it again to see how it compares to our modern goza palette It's definitely a, a bit funky on the nose there. For
1: sure. It, this is not... I don't think this is going to be a traditional cousin no. in any sense. No, not at all.
0: Uh, it's got the straw uh, coloring. It's hazy. Yeah, this one's going to take a little... We're going to have to slow down on this one. <laughs> We're not going to be able to plow through it. No. All right. So what do we smell? You're getting a little bit of kind of a uh, brett and its... Kind of a dusty leather. You know, I use that term a lot. I wish I could really get it a little more nuanced on it. But then it, it just drives straight into the dry hopping that they used on this thing. And there's a ton of hops. Sorry, I'm going to take another sniff here. Reminds me kind of um, dragon fruit. Sure. Okay. Where's that, you know, that fleshy pulp in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a kind of definitely dragon fruit on the nose there. And, you know, something maybe a little less exotic than dragon fruit, let me think. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it's not... <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people have had, had it, and I don't want to sound like...
1: Although I found it in, in our giant eagle, in our super giant eagle, mm-hmm. but it still, it was there a couple,
0: uh, about a month ago, so... I don't know, what what's similar? Like, kind of kiwi, right? Kind of kiwi, but maybe with a little... Yeah, because dragon fruit has kind of a mild flavor. It's it's mostly the texture.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's mostly the texture you're enjoying, which is kind of like a very not well, kind of like a
1: hickama, so, but not nearly as okay. Yeah, uh,
0: and then tight. the flavor is kind of I guess you know it's a little custardy. So I mean, kind of a bit of a grain type thing in yeah. there, like a,
1: yeah, that, well that's that's the jicama, So there's mm-hmm. like the graininess mm-hmm. a graininess of jicama, but not as like not as much of it. So more more watermelon-esque right and then it's got these little tiny seeds but they,
0: they aren't uh, hard, they're very soft so they don't like yeah, I mean they're definitely they're softer than raspberry seeds yeah. you know, so they don't you can just chomp through almost like uh, fig seeds or something like that definitely smells interesting
1: Four point three on this, very sour, um, yeah, getting a lot of uh, lemon and um, mm. <laughs>
0: so yeah, when you first taste the sip, you're getting all the Westbrook stuff mm-hmm. you're getting you know significant kettle souring, you're getting a nice, smooth malt bill, you know, there's probably some wheat in there, but really the barley flavor comes through for me, it's less wheaty than a lot of goeses. And then towards the end, it gets really chalky and dry. It's kind of the Brett character. It finishes super dry, a bit minerally. On that first sip, you know, getting acclimated to it and everything, I really didn't get a ton of those hops that I was smelling, Um, mostly because the kettle souring was so significant on this that that just kind of buzzed out all my taste buds on that first sip.
1: It's interesting because it's getting like a lot of lemon at the end. Very lemon. Mm-hmm. Up front, a... it's weedy and maybe a little barley-ish, like Jeff says. The tart starts to kick in. The hops kind of come in fade, and go out. You're getting the brett um, dustiness, like Jeff said. And then it kind of it ends with this lemon. This is where like, lemon laws <laughs> This is like... Like you just you just had a whole lemon or something like you.
0: Yeah, this is more like lemon juice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think like an actual food stuff that has this much sour lemon flavor to it. You know, oftentimes it's tempered with something. I
1: suppose it's tempered with sweet as well. But in a lemon meringue, you get a particularly sour like lemon meringue pie or something. Yeah.
0: This is a interesting remix for
1: yeah. sure. It um it's very drinkable for for what it is. It it's cuz sometimes you might not expect it with the brat and all the other stuff to be particularly drinkable, mm-hmm. but th- this goes down really nicely. Uh Right. And, yeah, and, and and the, the lasting br- lemon is a good flavor to go out on.
0: Mhm. No, I'm with you. It it's it's yeah, I still haven't found the flavors. What for... are we looking for? <laughs> no, no, I found what I'm looking for. This is good. I'm not complaining. But the aroma kind of alludes to like a bunch of hops that they dry hopped with. Mm-hmm. And the flavor they're just kind of washed out. Well they didn't in... say dry hop, they just said oh. adding a massive things oh, Okay.
1: So Citra and Amarillo. That's probably where a lot of the lemon comes in. Not really and the amarillo I guess is probably just for bittering or I I,
0: not I mean, Amarillo would typically give you Doord. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm not, not Maybe the but, if it's, but if it's used, the. but if it's used for, like, flame out, just straight up aroma or something mm-hmm. like that, right? That's not going to give you Doord so much. Interesting. This is the Goza Gone Wild from Stillwater.
1: There's a lot to like about this. It's got. The, pedig- the pedigree of Westbrook and a bunch of extra editions that really work well. Right. Okay. And it's available in Pittsburgh. And it's available in Pittsburgh. Thank you, Shane. Got some good comments on Shane's appearance.
0: Yeah, it was it was interesting because, you know, we've had I think that we've had some really good dynamics with a lot of the guest hosts. Mm-hmm. Nick being on the show, I like his dynamic. But he's He's an insider now. Right. Where Shane was a guy who has maybe just only, you know, listened to the show just a bit. I'm not sure how many he's right. listened to. He said he had heard us, but, you know, he obviously wasn't an insider. So it was great bringing someone like that in and kind of oh, having been
1: we, we didn't even know him really. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I saw the the story in the paper about how he had opened, you know, uh, his, his wholesaler, which was just bringing in craft only. I'm like, I want to talk to this mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, he was good. We're glad
1: you enjoyed him, because we definitely had enjoyed him on the show. All right, so this
0: uh, last beer is... We're not doing the union? Oh, the union's still there. Well, let's do the union. Yeah, we've got time. So it's called Blackwing? Yes, this is one of the ones that um, Jason sent us. When he sent us all the Maryland beers. Oh, okay.
1: So Blackwing Lager, uh, Dark Lager... Uh, malts that are used are Pilsner, Munich, Cara Red, Carafa, and Cara Munich Type 2, hot with Perlay, and the yeast is German Lager. 27, I have used 4.8% alkaline volume. Union Craft Brewing is in Baltimore. So this is their Schwarz beer, all black, with uh, brownish highlights.
0: Oh, I mentioned how I had like less than 10% of medal winners. Mm-hmm. Well, I had one tonight at Double Wide. Oh. They had, they had the Fat Heads um, Black IPA on. You know, like you, like me, you know, don't flat out love black IPAs. This one was pretty good. You got had a really distinct taste of cocoa, yeah. a little bit of coffee flavors, and then the hops weren't clashing. The hops were definitely complementing the flavors, and the hops were, I guess, kind of in the the earthy, piney realm. You know, that's kind of where they landed. Uh, it was they worked together, and so we've talked before about brewers are finally learning how to make black IPAs. I'm wondering if I'm also Learning how to taste black IPAs, uh, I think that's a big part of the story. Okay,
1: so there might be a push-pull you thing going on there, where we're, we're both mm. being pulled in, you know, by each other's mutual gravity. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I do think you know when black IPA started, it was a gimmick where you can use these malts and make things look darker,
0: black, but not really taste malty. Or yeah. well, this one definitely tasted roasty, mm-hmm. coffee, cocoa, co- you know, cocoa and coffee mostly. And um, so, yeah, it's definitely a different beer from a super hoppy beer that is an optical optical illusion, right. which yeah. is where they started.
1: But it's, it's good to see that yeah, the the style evolves, and we, of course, as tasters, evolve with it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so this one has a really nice cocoa aroma mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe more cocoa than I'd expect in a Schwarzbier, but. I like it. I like the aroma on it. Yeah, it smells uh, like, almost like a
1: really deep brownie or close to a porter. It kind of has a you, portery type smell. You get away with, yeah. with, with thinking this is a porter just by the aroma.
0: The flavor's cleaner. It's not big and roasty and chocolatey. It has a, kind of that... I'm going to take another sip here. You can go ahead. I could I
1: could totally see calling this a supporter okay um, like if we'd had this blind that's probably what I'd lean towards it's got a lot of like you said dark chocolatey notes it's got uh, cocoa stuff going on there hopping isn't uh, super present it's a lot of, of malting with uh, just enough hopping so it doesn't taste like overly sweet but really it doesn't really taste particularly hoppy okay
0: so i i, I kind of disagree with what i'm tasting right now the beer's still kind of on the cold side but being a sports beer i think that it kind of plays to the lageriness of it you know where if it warms up it might turn more portery so when i tasted it i got kind of that that vireman um you know black malt where it's it's more of a a toast than a roast i guess is a good way to put it and there's not very many esters in this. It definitely feels like a lager fermentation. It feels very clean. You're tasting just the ingredients. You're tasting the malt. You're tasting the hops, what's there, but it's not very hoppy. I do think this comes across in the flavor as a sports beer. And I do like the temperature where we're drinking it Yeah, colder than where we normally evaluate beers, but, but still pretty warm. I'd say it's about 51, 52 degrees right now.
1: Mine is... Mine is, is warmer. Than I, maybe I, warm. I took four degrees off that. Yeah, but still, I'm at like okay. 58. So, mine is a little bit warmer. Here, take a sip from this glass. And
0: that takes take a sip from mine. Mine has a little bit more chill on it. And, yeah, it's definitely a little more tight or mm-hmm. yours is a little warming up. So, I, 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 you know, maybe if you take a lot of sports beers and drink them at cellar temperatures, they're going to open up. But, you know, when your mind is, again, you know, we're being told what we're tasting. Yes. It says on oh, the beer on the label. So I'm going to look for what I want to find on sports beer. And, and it's there. And putting it at 45, yeah. 50 degrees, I think, is where you want that. Yeah, I
1: think that. so, too. You, you want to have this drink this, this pretty cold, but I think even even at a warmer temperature, it, still has, it opens up more. Um, but you might be, you might be um, or at least you, you wouldn't be that far off if you confused it for mm-hmm. a porter.
0: No, it definitely blends the line. I wouldn't mm-hmm. argue against it saying this guy blends the line more so than the iconic example of the style.
1: All right. Well, we have uh, five minutes for nine. I don't think it'll start at nine directly,
0: but pretty close to it. So well, I do want to get this last beer yeah, in there. So we have uh, this week all our uh, systems engineers, or like sale, pre-sale support engineers, mm-hmm. were in town for uh, training boot camp. And our guy from the Midwest, John Austin brought me some new Glarus. So we got two bottles of Spotted Cow in the fridge. Might have to drink that during the debate. We might. You know, I wasn't sure if we wanted to do those on the show again. We've done Spotted Cow on the show probably twice now. But it's it's always... I've
1: only something. had it once, so... That oh. one time, so okay, one, just one, once.
0: Okay. But this one's not Spotted Cow. This one's um, a little more exciting, I think. For this at least is in Drink the...
1: Indigenous is the name of the beer.
0: Mm. Look up here.
1: Oh, oh. Never mind. <laughs> you didn't read the right label. I didn't read the right label at all. Okay. Uh, it I, so I've read the label, the actual part of the label, <laughs> right. not the neck label, which is where they mentioned that it is their Outbrun Brune 2016. Outbrun Brune, eh?
0: Craig has a special place in his heart for Old brunes.
1: Yeah, definitely. One of the first uh, sour beers uh, that I've had that I had I think was a Petrus. I'm and definitely like the style a lot. All right, so start cupping your hands. Let's warm this puppy up. This is a very limited edition. We make no promises to ever brew this style again. So (laughs) if you get a chance, you can know what this is. So this is... Yeah, the color is brown, right? It's not black. It's brown. Mm -hmm. It's got... It's a dark brown, but it's there. It's got about a finger's worth of head.
0: It's funny when John Drop gave me the beers. You know, he knew... I'm not sure exactly if he knows that I'm like Jeff from craft beer radio or just the it guy who likes beer, Uh but he brought these beers and then he, you know, he showed me the old brew and he's like, now make sure you drink this at cellar temperature. Cellar temperature is like 52 degrees. I'm like, dude, we don't drink any beer at less than 52 degrees. So both Greg and I, the awkward silence there was us. Squeezing these glasses yeah. to get heat into the glass. So I'm reading the
1: information here that's on their website, trying to get stuff that's not...
0: Oh, okay. Bar. So, smell the beer. It has... Oof. First couple of things I smelled was... Actually, I hit tobacco was the very first thing that came across. Then I came across Oak Barrel.
1: Hmm.
0: And then it kind of... It, it got... Sweet, Like I was thinking like almost like a barrel-aged barley wine. And at the very end is where I got a little bit of tang in the nose. Uh,
1: Hillertau hops matured in the horse barn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, oak... F- oak vessel. 100% naturally fermented in oak vessels. The, the thing the, from the aroma, though, it almost smells like it is... Not like an oak fooder, but more like... Bourbon barrel with a lot of bourbon still sloshing around when they filled it type aroma.
1: Yeah, a blend of Wisconsin produced German malts first rested in the cool ship before spontaneously fermenting in a good cave.
0: Okay, so this is a spontan beer. So cool ship for people who may not know is uh, it's how Lambic breweries do their beers, and it's kind of a historical thing because they didn't have counterflow plate chillers to chill their beer. The easiest way to chill your beer is to submit it to a lot of surface area. So they have these long, shallow uh, vats called cool ships. They're made of copper or stainless steel these days, but traditionally they were copper. Only six inches deep or so, and then a huge surface area. So they would pump the beer out into the cool ships and in lambic making areas they would let it spontaneously inoculate so there'd be like louvers or windows in the cool ship room and they'd open those up and you know all the little beasties would float in and land in the, the cooling beer and then that that's where they pump it into either oak barrels or fooders i would guess that um Nuclearis probably has a fooder program with as much you know sour stuff as they make and fooders are just big wooden tanks you know Two hundred hectoliter, you know, think uh five hundred to a thousand gallons of wood barrel. I can't have to cut you
1: off because we're approaching time. Yeah, sure. Um this it tastes awesome. There's toffee notes, there's um wonderful caramel mm-hmm. stuff going on. Beautifully malted, beautifully soured. Lots of berries, raspberries, a little oakiness at the end, not too much, not going over oak. Uh absolutely wonderful. I'm gonna to wanna to take my time with this.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's that is so good. Okay. Ranking. Oh that's so good. I mean we're only two sips in and it it's easily the best thing.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And uh Yeah, too bad we gotta get going. Yeah. That's the Nuclearis Old Brune twenty sixteen. It it doesn't really need age, it's delicious right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Quick ranking, quick ranking Quick ranking I'm going to put the Sam Adams in last place I love the cucumber flavor on that thing But, you know, for the Goza part It, it was Goza in name only, basically yeah. You know, it didn't really bring much tanginess, tartness to it But um, the cucumber, especially if you took your time drinking it And let the cucumber refresh That was a really neat aspect to that beer Then I'm going to put Pine drops and second pl- or second uh, fourth place. Uh, pine drops I, li- I liked how it had that kind of pineyness and those lemon drops that I tasted more than Greg did. I just thought it worked re- pretty well. I'm going to put the Blackwing in third place. I, I thought that was a pretty well done sword beer and I enjoyed it. you know good Schwarzbier beer is easy drinking, easy thinking. It brings you a nice crisp flavor, and that that's kind of what they did. Is as it warmed up, it kind of blurred the lines between porter. But I think if you drank it at a cooler temperature, you would agree that it's a pretty good sports beer. I'm gonna put the goes gone wild in second place. I like that beer had a ton of complexity, you know, and mm-hmm. it's almost a hard luck loser going up against the um, the new Galeras. Yeah. Um it was significantly sour. Yet, um you know, from the Westbrook. I would have, it would have been interesting to see those hop aromas come through in the flavor a little bit more, but not at the detriment to how much I enjoyed the beer. And if the flavors came through, maybe I wouldn't have liked the beer as much. So it's kind of a be careful what you wish for type request. Um, But I definitely liked how the Brett was very light, light compared to the Goza souring, the kettle souring. And then that lemony finish that you mentioned um, really refreshed the beer right at the end, gets you ready for another sip. And the new Glaris, as we're drinking this, it's just, it's, it feels like it's from Belgium. Mm-hmm. It has those great berry flavors. It has the wood flavors. It has um, the aroma still smells barley wineish to me. You know, so it has a big malt flavor too, more malty and sweet than a lot of Belgian gozes. I'm thinking of Petra. Something. Yeah, I mean, we have a couple others. Around. Old oh, Bruins. Yeah, I'm sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> Old Bruins. I'm thinking of Petrus, mm-hmm. you know, their age beers. You know, this one has more of a barley wine type aroma to it. And I think that might help give the berry flavors as well. I'm sorry, I'm trying to hurry, but I got to give the yeah. beer props. Go ahead. Uh, I agree. Okay. <laughs> All right. So well, thanks, everyone. We're going to go uh, commentate on the... Uh, the Destroyer debate world. and if, if you don't lean liberal you probably won't enjoy that so don't listen if you're leaning on the conservative side <laughs> unless you just like good comedy maybe you'll like that uh, thanks everyone Craft Beer Radio is released really under the creative commons license visit craftbeerradio.com for me man I can't talk craftbeerradio.com for more beer at craftbeerradio.com for more information uh, at twitter at Jeff Bear at CBR Greg and uh, thanks for listening